All right, welcome to the latest episode of Inside Columbia Basketball. For those of you joining us for the first time, we sit down with different members of the men's and women's basketball programs where we go through recent games, take a look at what's coming up, and go behind the scenes with the Lions. I'm Kyle Matrician, your host for part one of today's episode, where we're joined by Columbia women's basketball sophomore Riley Casey and first-year Sienna Durr. Riley, we'll start with you. You were named Ivy League Player of the Week this last week, and you were named uh, Met Basketball Writers Association MBWA Player of the Week. Uh, you scored career-high 31 points against Hampton. You scored 24 points in the win against Mercer. What went right for you this week? I would say it, not just for me, just as, like, the team. Everything was going right. We followed the scout really well, which was, like, one of the first times in a while that we've been executing as we planned. And then just sharing the ball, we did a really good job of and running in transition. Now, I'll get into your stats a little bit more. You were 7 for 11 from 3 against Hampton where you scored 31. You came up big for your team against Mercer. You hit four threes in the third quarter to put Columbia up about 12, 14 points where you hung on late. You hit enough free throws at the end, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, start with the Hampton game first. Talk about the Hampton game. The team had such a long break before that game. Uh, you know, a bit of a tough stretch where you lost nine in a row, but you were in a lot of those games. What finally broke through for the team in that Hampton game? Uh, well, I think we just finally started looking at it as like two-minute increments and just talking about attacking the next two minutes of every game, like start the game swinging and throw the first punch. And so I think we finally made a breakthrough in that way instead of like taking the first punch, actually swinging first and attacking. Do you feel like the Hampton game, the pace of the game really helped you guys? That's the kind of basketball that you want to play and more up and down the yeah, court. I think it helped us and like dealing with pressure which we'll have to keep doing in the future so I just think it was a good game for us. And then like I said 24 points in the Mercer game had four points at halftime but then the start of the third quarter I think you hit your first four threes that you took I mean what happened in that second that that second half coming out of the locker room? We just knew we had to turn it on that was a good game for us I think they won their conference last year and so it was a big game for us and we were in it the whole game and we knew we wanted to win. We knew to start the season and, like, kick us off into Ivy play that we wanted to win that, go 2-0, and so we could just keep things rolling. All right, Sienna, now switching gears to you. You had 21 points in the win over Hampton with six rebounds, and then you came up big for your team in the Mercer game, 18 points, 11 rebounds. You shot 68% for the week, and on top of all of that, the United States Basketball Writers Association named you the National Freshman of the re Week, so congratulations on that. What, in your mind, was going right for the team in that first game against Hampton? Just like Riley said before, I feel like we were playing really well as a team. We are sharing the ball really well. And by taking the game in two-minute increments, um, we were able just to stay on top of what we wanted to do. Um, we were able to share the ball, um, stick to the scout, and just play really well together. Uh, and then... At Mercer, a team that won 30 games last year, won their conference last year, as Riley said, went to the NCAA tournament. So you guys knew you had a big challenge going into that game. 18 points, 11 rebounds, your third double-double of the year. What what was going right for you in that game? Um, I think what was going right for me in the Mercer game was my confidence. So to start 2019, Coach G gave us the task of finding a word that was going to lead us throughout the rest of the season 
for the 2019 season, and my comp- my word was confidence. So going out into that Mercer game, I um, had visualized, kind of talked to myself about having a lot of good confidence going into this game, and I went out and I did what I could do, and I was really grateful for the teammates that I had around me who can help get me the ball, and I think we all played with really good confidence in that game, and I think that's what led me to have such a good game. So Riley, I'm going to ask you now, what was your word for the start of the 2019 uh, my word is resilience and just like never getting down on myself, just no matter what happens, always getting back up. And why? Explain the choosing of that word. Um, well, I don't know. Just like when things aren't going well, just staying out of my head and just like knowing what I can do and that I can do those things instead of just like falling back and being more passive, just keeping the aggression up and the confidence up. Do you feel like you did that in the Mercer game, let's say? I mean, do you feel like you immediately yeah, did that? With in the first half, I don't think I made – I made, like, a layup and then two foul shots maybe, but I, don't, I think I missed all my threes. And then it was just at halftime just keeping focused and just everyone kept telling me, keep shooting that ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I mentioned before, you had – the first part of your season kind of ended with Fordham, and then you had an 18-day layoff from games. Do you feel like – that helped the team having such a long break. I, n- I know you played Albany and it was a cl- it was a close game the whole way, four point loss mm-hmm. to Albany. But do you feel th- but then you won the next two games. So do you feel like Sienna that break helped the team kind of reset in a way? I really do think the break helped us reset. It was a lot of time for reflection and figuring out what we need to do to get this team on the right track. And I think the break um, just was really helpful. I'm really grateful for it. And we are now rolling in the right direction, and we're really excited for conference to start. What did you do during the break to maybe kind of help yourself? I don't know if it was mentally, whatever whatever it was for you that needed to change. Uh, what did you do over the break to kind of prepare yourself for the second half of the season? I think it was a little bit of both. I got into the gym a lot more. I was shooting on a on the gun a lot with one of our GAs. So that kind of got me um, some more confidence for my jumpers and my threes. And then also mentally, I just kind of took a look back at the beginning of the season and what things I could change, um, having more confidence and going in just like really strong for the second part of the season. And then Riley, uh, same question for you. What did you do during during that 18 day break to kind of hit the reset button for you? Um, well, I would say as a team, it was really good for us because like having finals over and just being here on campus without any other students, there's really no distractions. And it was just a time for us all to reflect on how the season was going so far and, and look at ourselves. And so I was in the gym a lot, getting shots up. And then just like, I don't know, deciding to like make sure that I make an effect on the game, even when my shots aren't falling. And just realizing that like I can make an effect without scoring. Is that something you learn from maybe your freshman year to your sophomore year where you come in as a freshman and think, all right, I've got to score, I've got to have assists, I've got to do something statistically to help my team, and then as a sophomore you kind of mature a little bit and know that you can do other things to help? Yeah, I would say I've definitely grown a lot in that way. And just realizing that I just need to like keep everything out of my head and just play and just have fun because it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then for you, Riley, being a sophomore – Looking at last year's team, maybe where they were at this point in the season and comparing them to this year's team, a completely different team, what are some of the comparisons you can make and what are some, where are some of the areas where you say, like, all right, I think we're definitely better here at this point? I think this year we're definitely in a better place coming off of the break after Christmas and go- getting into Ivy play. Like, we hit a little bump in the road early in the season when we kept losing, 
but last year that started right around now so now that we've like gotten over that bump and moved on and we started figuring things out I think we're definitely in a better place to start off the Ivy season and Sienna you said your word over the break was confidence how much confidence does it give the team to win those two first two games of 2019 heading into Ivy League season after winning the last two games, it gives us so much confidence heading into Ivy season. But those two wins are in the past now, and we got to turn the page, and we got to keep working and keep preparing. And now, right now, our focus is all on Cornell and winning that first game to start the Ivy season off strong. So speaking of the Ivy League season, what's the preparation been like? You have 13 days from when you played Mercer up until you'll play that first game at Cornell. So what's the preparation been like so far over this first week so, so far, it's been a lot of working on us. We've had a couple skill days and some really good days of practice. We're going to start working on Cornell on Sunday and start focusing on them pretty soon. But these last couple days have been really good, just focusing on us as a team and not having to worry about Scout that much. Riley, how is, how is the Ivy League schedule, having been through it once already, uh, the regularity of it, I guess I'll say, compared to the non-conference schedule where you know you're going to play every Saturday, every Friday, Saturday, compared to having midweek games mixed in. Uh, is, is that is that better for you as a personally as a player? Do you like that schedule more, and how does that affect you? I like that schedule because when we have midweek games, we miss classes a lot, and then it just gets a little stressful from that aspect, I guess. But And you, when, it's on, when we have games on Friday, Saturday, we just have the whole week to prepare for the teams that we're playing. So I think it gives us like good time to work. And then Sienna, like compared to a high school basketball schedule, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you would play sporadically throughout the week. There's no mm-hmm. like consistent Friday Saturday game. I mean, is that something you look forward to? That now that you're only playing Friday Saturday back to backs, and what what is that going to be like for you at some point playing back to back days? I feel like the consistency is going to be really good. It's going to help me a lot in my classes because the first semester was kind of difficult. Um, I feel like a lot of freshmen feel that way. But the consistency of having the Friday-Saturday games is going to help me a lot in the classroom, and then I can just focus on the weekends on basketball and giving that my all. Um, I feel like having the back-to-back games might be a little taxing like physically, but uh, the coaches are really good at keeping us healthy and really focusing on how our bodies are feeling. So I don't really think that's going to be that much of a problem. And then Riley, the, the way that it starts out with Cornell on Saturday and then Cornell at home the following Saturday, and then you get into the back-to-the-backs, do you feel like that helps the team ease more into it, having been through it? Yeah, especially since we're such a young team, I think that's really going to help us just get an idea of it and ease us into playing back-to-back, and we get a good shot at Cornell two times in a row. All right, now I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about the pizza tour that you guys did on your Instagram story this week. Uh, for anybody that didn't see it, I'm, ju- I'm actually just going to let you guys dis- describe what it was and describe what you did. And Sienna, I'll start with you. What was the pizza tour story that you guys did? All right, so we went on a pizza tour of NYC. It wasn't really all of NYC. It was just in Soho, actually. Um, so we went to five pizza places, and we ranked them of what the best one was. And then we had four categories. So we ranked them based on crust, sauce, toppings, and atmosphere. So that was a really fun time to go out with the team and just explore New York City a little bit while we have the time during break. So where did you go? What were the places that you went to, if you can remember mm-hmm. off the top of your head, and where did they each finish in the ranking? Yeah. So we went to Bleecker Street Pizza, uh, John's Pizzeria, Joe's Pizzeria, uh, Percy's $1 Slice, 
and then we went to Prince Street Pizza. So they were all, um, mostly all on Bleecker Street, and then Prince Street for Prince Street Pizza. Um, a lot of the girls said that Prince Street Pizza was the winner. It was really good. It was my winner. But I would say that Bleecker Street Pizza was a close second. Now, why did Prince Street Pizza win? Now I'm going to have Riley answer this question. Why was it? Was it your winner, or Riley? Um, I don't know. It, it was up there with Bleecker Street. They're very different. We, we had like mm -hmm. the Sicilian one from Prince Street, but it was very good. So why, <laughs> in your mind, what what were the what were the what was the best part of Prince Street Pizza for you? I would say for <laughs> me, the best part of Prince Street Pizza was the really thick, doughy crust because I'm a fan of that. Um, but also the cheese at Prince Street was so good. It was like homemade mozzarella. Oh, delicious. And the pepperoni on top. Oh, yes. And it was just really fresh tasting. Mm -hmm. But they also did cook it for us, a brand new <laughs> pizza. Oh. They, they, knew, they knew that you were on the pizza yeah. tour, so they wanted to make sure they were rated highly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I think you said you might be going on some upcoming pizza tours. So talk about the upcoming pizza tours a little bit. We have another pizza tour planned for Brooklyn for sure. And then Little Italy, we're going to go also. Yes. <laughs> we're going to try to hit all of the areas in Manhattan with the pizza tour. We're going to be pizza experts by the end of all this. And I must say, I know I said this to you before we started the podcast, but you you got to go to Lombardi's because Lombardi's is my number one. I went to school at St. John's in Queens, so I've been to Lombardi's a few times. Go to the, the pepperoni pizza at Lombardi's. We'll put it on the list. Have to, yeah, you got <laughs> put it. Put it on the list. I might join you on that pizza tour. <laughs> all right, and I want to get into... Uh, kind of how you started playing basketball a little bit first, Riley. Uh, you know, how old were you when you started playing and kind of what spurred you to, to play basketball? Um, I've been playing basketball ever since I can remember. My dad was a high school basketball coach and he was, he won a lot of games. <laughs> but, um, so I've just pretty much always been surrounded by basketball. My parents both played in college. My sister plays at Washington Lee and my brothers both play. So we're just kind of a basketball family. <laughs> And then I actually want to talk about a little bit. Your cousin Ryan Kelly played in the NBA for the Lakers and was on Duke's national championship team. Do you, I mean, how close are you with Ryan? Were you at any of those events that he was at? Talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, we were pretty close. We would go to the beach in the summer, our families together, and like Christmas and Easter together. But we, my family would always go to his games, and he would get his tickets right behind the bench. So even from a young age. My family's been big Duke fans. but um, That's what I was going to say. So the, he got you a lot of tickets to Duke games? Yeah, yeah. Have you been to any of his NBA, any of his no. NBA games when he played in the NBA? All the way out in LA. That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right, and then you grew grew up in Jersey. Up, in, you set up until you're about sixth grade, and then moved to Atlanta, and then moved to Tennessee. Kind of talk about the transition of 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 those moves, and then uh, ultimately deciding on Columbia, coming from the Nashville area. Uh, well, I think those moves like brought me and my family closer together but it also like allowed me and my siblings to be able to branch out and like I don't know get used to new cultures or new situations quicker so like coming here or looking to come looking for colleges I was really interested I wanted to go to a good school like Columbia and play basketball and then when I visited I just saw like all of the different possibilities in New York and like the pizza tour everything like just being able to go out there's never nothing not to do in the city so I don't know it was just an easy answer that I was going to come to Columbia. <laughs> and then having grown up in those three different locations, where did where did you kind of like the most? Where was the, the best location for you, you think? I think not only for me, but for my family, that uh, Nashville is 
definitely home. It's just, even though we haven't spent the most time in Nashville, it's just the people, everything about it, the school, it's just home for us. Uh, what's your favorite part about Nashville? I know it's like, you know, the Country Music Hall of Fame and everything. Everything. Nashville is the best. You could drive 10 minutes and be at a country concert, 10 minutes the other direction, be climbing a mountain, you know. it's. Are you a country music fan? Yes, of course. You mm. can't live in Nashville and not be a country music fan. <laughs> Did you become a country music fan when you moved there? Oh, or yeah, a huge one. Everywhere you go, there's country music. Yeah. All right, so now what you just said plays perfectly into our rapid-fire section of our podcast where we like to ask you some personality questions, get our listeners to get to know you a little bit. And the first question we have for you, Riley, is uh, what is the favorite concert you've ever – what's your favorite concert you've ever been to? I'm guessing in Nashville. Yes, definitely in Nashville. And I think it would have to be every June, the CMA Fest, the Country Music Awards Festival, is in Nashville. And – so basically, every single country music singer is there. So like Jason Aldean, Florida Georgia Line, Darius Rucker, everyone, Carrie Underwood. So every night, there's four nights, they have different people singing, and so you just see everyone. It's just really cool. Who's your favorite artist that you've seen at the CMAs? Ooh, that's a tough one. It might be Luke Combs. He isn't as well-known, but he's gotten bigger recently. Um, what about... Um, like the, the, who would you say is the biggest performer you've seen? I know you've seen a lot, and mm -hmm. they've all kind of like match each other in a way. But who's who's the biggest performer you've seen? Um, the biggest performer, country music performer, I've seen. It can be outside of country music. Um, well, outside of country music, maybe like Adele or Taylor Swift. The Adele concert was really good, though. <laughs> Adele at in Nashville. In yeah, Nashville, Nashville yeah. yeah. All right. Sienna, I know growing up in Iowa it might be a little different. Same question for you. What's the favorite concert you've ever been to? Yeah, so growing up in Iowa, I don't have a lot of concerts at my fingertips like <laughs> Riley does. Um, so I've only been to like three concerts, and two of them were Taylor Swift. And actually, she puts on a very, very good concert. So probably have to say Taylor Swift, even though she's not one of my favorite artists. She still puts on a great concert. So yeah. Favorite Taylor <laughs> Swift song? My favorite Taylor Swift song? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm an old school Taylor Swift girl, so I'd probably have to say, like, Love Story or something like that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Teardrops on My Guitar. I was like, wow, going with too. the first one. Teardrops on My Guitar. I forgot about that one. Mm. How old were you in that song? I mean, probably you couldn't like have been. Really Six, seven. <laughs> Where did you see Taylor Swift? At Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines. Des Moines. Is mm -hmm. that where you saw her both times? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So we'll go to our second question now. What... Sienna, I'll start with you. What are you binge watching right now, either on Netflix or Hulu? Ooh, so me and actually the whole team, I think we just all finished the series called You on Netflix. And we watched it while we were in Georgia when we had some off time and some travel time. So we were all watching it pretty much at the same time, but we were at different spots. We were constantly asking, like, oh my gosh, what episode are you on? What just happened? And I thought it was a really cool just bonding experience because we we're all watching the same thing, all like how many of us? 14, 15? <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool. <laughs> Rye, what's your take on the, on you and maybe the team bonding over it? I would say we definitely bonded a lot over it just because, <laughs> like, everyone was watching it at the same time. So people were watching it together on the TVs in the hotel rooms. And it was just, like, it was really fun. <laughs> Are you all on the same episode at the same time? Or were people kind of sporadically trying to catch up to each other? Everyone was trying to catch up to each other, but no one wanted to stop watching. Mm -hmm. So it was just, like, madness. Is everybody all the way caught up or is somebody, like, ahead of everybody else at this point? 
everyone there were only 10 episodes so everyone's finished but some mm-hmm. people finished before like i think me and maya were the first two to finish but there were still people on like episode five and six but we would just go back and watch it with them because it's like a mystery kind of parts of yeah. the show so it's like <laughs> you watch it again and you catch things that you didn't see the thought first i was time. gonna say you catch things yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly all right so keeping with the road theme a little bit when it's when you're on the road and i know on this last trip we kind of stopped at chick-fil-a but what's your favorite kind of place to stop at when we go on the road? Where do you say, like, I hope we stop at this place? When we were in Georgia, um, I love Waffle House. So anytime I'm in the South, I have to go there. And I heard from someone, a little secret, that said, if we won our game against Mercer, <laughs> we were going to go to Waffle House. I was like, we have to win <laughs> this game. A little extra motivation. Yes, exactly. And while like there's like 0.6 seconds left on the clock, I turned to Madison Hardy. I'm like, Waffle House. Because like, we were going to win no matter yeah. what. At the you were up four with seconds left. We were up four. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get Waffle House. And I was so excited. We went to Waffle House. Waffles were great. And it just like really satisfied my craving. I was so excited. Right. I would say Waffle House was a great experience, especially because some of the people on our team had never been there. And then Chick-fil-A was also a big one for me because it was just like reminding me of home. <laughs> Chick-fil-A in New York is not the same. <laughs> I hear you on that. I lived in the Southeast for five years, so I understand. It's the Chick-fil-A in <laughs> it Made With Love, is that what yes. you said? Yes. The Chick-fil-A in Times Square and the Chick-fil-A, I live in New Jersey, so the Chick-fil-A in Teterboro, it's just, not it's same. not the same as when you go. Everyone. No, it doesn't taste the same. Yeah, and I for Imani, she had never even heard of Chick-fil-A before. <laughs> <laughs> Imani's from London, for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> so what happened when she went to Chick-fil-A? Oh, she loved it. Oh, it she loved it. Oh, well, she should. <laughs> um, so next question, your game day playlist. Riley, I'll start with you. What's what's the songs that you're listening to? It, you, can, you can just say if it's a random mix, it's a random mix, but is there like a couple songs on there that you always have to hear? It's usually like a random mix, but there's always, I always listen to Hall of Fame. Ever since I was little, I don't really know why, but it really just like gets me in the zone. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Sienna? Um, I usually just listen to a random mix of songs, um, but it's, it's kind of cheesy to say, and I am kind of feel bad about it because it's not really that great of a song. But right now, a song that really gets me pumped up is Mo Bamba by Sheck West. <laughs> <laughs> It's a pretty recent song, but within the last couple weeks, one time someone was playing it in our suite. I was like, oh, yeah, this and song. The so then, yeah, and on the bus. So, yeah, I just get real hyped to that song right now. So that's probably my go-to before games at this point. All right, that's all the time we have today. Sienna, Riley, thanks for taking the time and joining us for today's podcast. Thank you. Thank you. The women's basketball team starts Ivy League play on Saturday, January 19th against Cornell and Ithaca. Game time is at 1 p.m., and that game can be watched live on ESPN+. Plus. The Lions play their first home Ivy League game the following Saturday, January 26th, when Cornell visits Levin Gymnasium. That game will air live on SNY and ESPN+. Tip is at 4 p.m. and will be followed by the men's basketball game against Cornell. And now for part two of today's episode, here's Mike Kowalski sitting down with Peter Barba and Patrick Tepe from the men's basketball team. Thanks, Kyle. Like you mentioned, uh, I'm sitting down here with Patrick Tepe and, and Peter Barber from the men's basketball team. Uh, the Lions are coming off their first road win of the season, a 65-63 win over Binghamton on January 2nd, thanks to Gabe Stefanini's buzzer beater. Uh, I'm going to call you guys out right on the back. That was the worst celebration after a game winning shot I've ever <laughs> seen in my life, so defend yourselves. <laughs> well, it was a little confusing because they initially didn't uh, say it was good. Like They had to go review it. Um, 
and I guess we were kind of waiting to see what the call was, but we were definitely excited. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also the crowd was a little on the elderly side because I guess the students weren't there, so there wasn't as much energy in the stadium. So, um, yeah, I think it was, I mean, it was a great moment for us, and we all celebrated the best we could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, no, that's a good explanation for it. I mean, even the Coach Engels, you know, came over to me at the end and uh, and uh, was asking if it was good or not, and I didn't have it on my computer. And I said it was close, and he was kind of going back and maybe getting things ready for a huddle if, if in the case of overtime. But luckily, uh, two-tenths of a second, the ball was clear, and uh, you guys went home with a win. So, Pete, how big was it for the team just to kind of get that first road win and get that monkey off your back, you know, especially leading into Ivy League play coming up next weekend? Yeah, it was absolutely huge. Um, getting that win at Binghamton was a great way to start 2019 for us. Um, we have high hopes for this year, and we have high hopes for the season in general. And earlier in the year, we had some close games that didn't necessarily go our way, um, specifically on the road. And the feeling to get that road win under our belt um, and have that with us going forward is huge for our team um, as a whole. So, yeah, we're really happy to have gotten that one. How about you, Pat? Yeah, I think the same. I think I think last year we didn't win a road game all season. So, um, yeah, it was good to build some confidence like going into Ivy League play. Um, I think it was big for us. Yeah, and also uh, I think that was the fourth buzzer beater that uh, I've been a part of. I think uh, Mike Smith hit one against Stony Brook. I think Nate hit one against Colgate. Yep. Uh, and then Rosie hit one against Harvard. Yep. Um, so it's been it's been it's a good memory. Yeah, it's been great to uh, with, with be Mike's Mike's at Stony Brook. There was still time on the clock. Remember that? And oh, then yeah. he took the charge. That was his first ever game. That was yeah. a couple of years ago. Then he took the charge that kind of sealed the win after that. So he hit the shot. It wasn't necessarily a buzzer meter, but still a game winning shot in right. his first yeah. collegiate game, which is pretty good. But good good recall on that. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> Um, now, kind of, kind of leads me into my next question, uh, Pat. You've been a little bit more featured in the offense since Mike's gone down, scoring in double figures in a, in a bunch of straight games. Uh, how has that adjustment been for you, and what has that been like uh, to to kind of get more touches on the offensive end since since that's happened? Yeah, I mean, it's been great. I feel like I guess last year, or even some of the games at the beginning of the season, I wasn't too involved in the offense. So I guess now that Mike uh, was out, I had to step up a little offensively, and it feels good to be more. Involved and I feel like um, having like a little bit of an like, interior presence is, is helping the team. I guess like space is a court for some of our three-point shooters, and um, we hope I can cont uh, carry it into the, the Ivy League play. Pete, for you uh, being an out one of those outside shooters, how much easier does it make it to, for you guys? You know, getting be having that inside-out presence, and you know, you guys don't have to create your own shots and maybe get get shots and more in rhythm. Yeah, definitely. So w when we get the ball inside the pat, it opens everything up for everyone else on the court. And we try to play Pat through Pat a lot on offense because I almost think of Pat as like a guard. He has unbelievable skills. Um, it's really almost uncanny. So like when we can get Pat the ball inside and um, really it really uh, loosens up our offense and lets guys move around and cut better, and it makes the defense more honest so that we can get our three point shots off. So it's 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 really important for us. And unfortunately, like injuries and things like that, things do happen to teams throughout the year. How important is it for younger guys to see what Pat's doing in this advanced role to see like if something else happens, that they have a chance to step up and, and be able to contribute in that type of way? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the way Pat stepped up, and I think everyone on our team has really stepped up. Uh, we're kind of scoring by committee now. It's not necessarily one guy putting up a lot of points. Um, everyone realizes that every single person has to make plays on offense, and we're sharing the ball really well. So the young guys like um, Maka and Ike and all the sophomores uh, are really stepping up as well. Um, like we have seen Gabe really step into his role, and guys like Ty and Randy are uh, really blossoming into, into their potential as well. So, uh, like what what Pat has shown in his improvement is just really good for the younger guys to see as well. 
what have been some of the keys to, to you kind of been a steady improve you've had steady improvement each of your three years what are some of the keys that you need to you've been working on that you know you you had to do from year one to year two and it was it the same from year two to three or did you switch things up um yeah i guess like coming in out freshman year <coughs> the biggest adjustment was just learning how to play like with within the offense and playing like in a college scheme i think at first it can be a little tough a little daunting you know we have like a playbook of like 30 plays that you remember as a freshman um and really i was just like getting to like learn the offense more and be comfortable within the offense and sophomore year i guess i, I got a basic a good like solid understanding and um i think i didn't really perform as well as i should have though but i think this year i'm trying to step it up and try to be more of a like a, a centerpiece for the team okay and it's been over a week since you guys have played how excited are you guys to get back on the court on saturday and try to you know fix a few things uh, as we get ready for cornell uh, that the, that home at home series in the next weekend right so we've been working on different things offensively and defensively um on offense we're just working on executing better uh in ivy league play the teams really scout well so we are making sure that we have a lot of options to go to um, when, when conference play comes up and on the defensive side of things we are working on tightening up and um uh, limiting three-point shots and uh, various different things like that. But we're definitely really excited to get on the court Saturday. Each game day is very valued on our team. We only have a certain amount of game days in our career. Me as a senior, I only have a certain amount of games left. So each game is really important, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Nice. Um, and also, during this time, there's no classes in session. You guys are on break. How is it kind of nice just to be able to kind of focus on basketball right now and not have to worry about homework and papers and things like that? Yeah, it definitely is. Like I think right now our schedule is basically from ten to four, pretty much booked through basketball. And yeah, it's nice because I guess like you know during the school year you have a lot of responsibilities. You can get caught up in in them and kind of take your focus off basketball. Right now it's good to just like really focus in and um, you know correct things or work on things that we're um, you know trying to improve on uh, <coughs> coming into Ivy League play. Um, so yeah, I think it's great for us. And what do you guys do with a little, little bit of that extra time? I mean, without, without that, I saw you guys, you know, were at the NBA offices earlier this week. So talk about that experience and other things you guys might be doing to kind of like have a little bit of fun while while you don't have to have school in session. Yeah, so definitely the coaches have um, been really great this year about organizing different events for our team, both for team building and for um, just helping us out like in a professional sense. So as a team, we, uh, we all went to the NBA headquarters uh, this past was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. And we got to speak with uh, Kiki Vanderway and a bunch of other executives from the NBA office and ask them questions and get a tour of their new office. And it was an amazing opportunity for our team. We were there for like three hours. And uh, we learned a lot of intricacies about the NBA and different uh, career opportunities that come after our playing career is over and stuff like that. So that's one thing the coaches has, have uh, set up for us. And then when we get back to our dorms at night, we play some board games and watch other colleges and NBA te NBA games as well. So uh, yeah, we have we have fun at night too. Yeah, what's that like? You know, guys being able to hang out a little bit more and just kind of you know cut loose a little bit and be able to watch those games and you know and have a little bit more fun. Yeah, I mean during the school year, everyone's you know kind of on their own uh, path, you know, doing homework or whatever you know things that you have to do. So right now it's kind of good. We have everyone everyone can just like come together, usually come to the house and. Um, have different activities like play games, like board games, cards, whatever, and just, watch, or just sit around and watch TV. I think it's bringing us all together. I think we're starting to bond more. Um, you know, some of the freshmen and sophomores, I guess I didn't see too much during the beginning of the semester. Um, now they're coming over, starting to hang out more. I think it's just helping us build a closer bond and it's going to help us forward, moving forward as a team. 
besides you know staying in and wa watching those games and hanging out and everything, do you guys get to uh, more of a chance to explore the city? What are you what are you guys done lately? Maybe to to kind of you know take advantage of what we like to call the only here opportunities. Yeah, definitely. I would say out of all people on the team, uh, Pat might take the biggest advantage of New York City. Um, I remember this summer. Uh, one day, Pat and I were just walking around, and we walked all the way up in Harlem and got, like, haircuts at some <laughs> Dominican place. Yeah. And they, they were, like, they asked me, like, are you sure you want a haircut? And I was, like, <laughs> yeah, I want a haircut. Come on. Um, How'd it come out? It oh, it was great. I got a lineup. <laughs> and your best one yet. Yeah, I got, spiced, I got spiced up, so it was great. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we go downtown. We go uptown um, whenever we can. Uh, during the season, you have to make sure you're resting your body and your legs and stuff like that. So maybe not as much during the year, right. during the season, but – during the off-season, we really take advantage of New York and the opportunities it has to offer. Yeah, definitely. I think even last summer we, went, we took a trip to Brooklyn and we uh, rode the city, like city bikes across the Brooklyn Bridge. We've been, have we been played, um, what was it again? Uh, we went to the batting cages. The batting cages in Brooklyn. That was pretty fun. We got just like, um, just seeing like, like the different parts. You know, I've been to Brooklyn. That was my first time in, in Brooklyn, like really exploring it. So um, that was cool. I think we want to go back soon. And um, yeah, we're just going to like museums like the Met. I love going to the Met, me and... Uh, Pete and Q go down there sometimes, or or even the MoMA is pretty cool too. They have new exhibits all the time. So, yes, yeah, I mean I think I love going. To, I, I even love going to um, West Side of Harlem, getting food. You know, in, in the uh, like the the West African mm -hmm. uh, region. Cause my dad's from Ivory Coast, so I, I like I love going over there and get African food now and again. Um, yeah, so it's great. You guys were both kind of raised in in cities you, outside of Cleveland and outside of Charlotte or in Charlotte. Um, what are the biggest differences living where you guys grew up? And then coming into New York City, and how have you kind of embraced that? And Pat, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think um, the difference from Charlotte. I think in Charlotte, everything's so spread out. So you, know, you drive everywhere. You kind of like really like in your home, really isolated. But here, as soon as you walk out on the street, there's just tons of people on, and like opportunities, like different things to to go and do and see. And um, yeah, I think that's what I love most is just the ease of access to New York. Um, and also, I guess, is a greater sense of diversity here. You know, you see people different or people from all different types of cultures and, and backgrounds, and I really love that. Yeah, definitely. It's similar to that. Uh, not not as many people live actually downtown in Cleveland. Right. A lot of people live outside of the city. Um, and really, if you go into Cleveland, the streets aren't very busy unless there's like a Cavs game or a Browns game going on. So in New York, with like people around all the time, it's just this energy. Um, they call it the city that never sleeps. And although we try to sleep as much as we can. <laughs> uh, it's definitely got a lot of energy uh, that other cities probably don't have. Uh, now we're going to jump into a segment called Rapid Fire. Uh, this is just five quick questions to get to know you guys a little bit better and, and give a behind-the-scenes look uh, about you guys. So, uh, Pat, I'm going to start with you. Funniest teammate or p teammates? <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say probably the funniest guy on our team, I'd say, is, is probably Quentin Adlesh. Yeah, he's always uh, in the locker room or just like hanging out. He's always just cracking jokes and making everybody uh, laugh. So I say Quinn's probably the funniest. Or even like Randy Brumont, he's like he's kind of has a his own like interesting sense of humor. And, um, <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> so yeah, it feels the two funniest guys for me. P, how about you? I'm gonna go with my guy CJ Davis. Yeah. So CJ has a nickname for every single person on our team, <laughs> and possibly every coach in our team. I'm not too sure about that. We gotta have to double check. But uh, CJ almost has his own language that he makes of. Um, he's from Queens, so he really uses the New York uh, slang. And um, sometimes he says something, and I'm like, CJ, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, there's plenty of examples, but yeah, I'm gonna go with CJ. What What is his nickname for you? It's I can't even really pronounce it. It's like. Petey, bobbly, boobly, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what about your fat? Um, 
What is my name? Yours is Tap Tap. Oh, yeah, Tap Tap. <laughs> <laughs> What's the funniest thing that, that Q's done uh, that you can remember? Well, Q and Pat argue all the time. about They just they get into these really complex arguments, and neither of them is willing to give give any leeway. So <laughs> that, those can be pretty that, funny yeah. to watch from the outside. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are your pregame rituals or superstitions? Pete, let's start, start with you this time. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Okay, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. But um, for rituals, uh, for some reason I got into watching Danny Green's performance in the finals against the Heat uh, where he makes, like I think, an NBA finals record 27 threes, something like that. So I, I like to watch that video before games yeah. if I can. Um, I don't have to watch it, but that's just something I've gotten to do. And also just getting into the gym if it's an away game and um, getting used to the lighting and uh, – Getting used to like what's behind the backboard is important as a shooter. Yeah, yeah. Pat. Yeah, same for me. I mean, every night and morning before a game, I watch like a, a compilation of Hakeem Olajuwon's post moves. I really miss my favorite player of all time, so I really like to, you know, just see what he does and try to replicate it in the game. Um, you know, maybe not to the same quality as him, but I try to uh, do my best. And also, yeah, just like getting in the gym early, getting shots up, and just feeling comfortable. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, best concert you've been to? Stick with you, Pat. Uh, I'd say the best concert I've been to is, <coughs> or was, uh, a Kyle concert in, in Webster Hall downtown. It was, uh, I think it was, because well, I started, the, like, the whole, like, Kyle, basically, like, before I came here freshman year, um, no one really knew who Kyle was, then I introduced my teammates to him, and they started to like him, and then I, I kind of, like, convinced them all to go down to, uh, listen to this concert, and they all loved it. I think, were you there? Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, P and Q, Kenny, Jeff, some other, like, and some of the older guys. Yeah, some yeah. Older guys. And yeah, it was a great time. So I think that was probably my favorite concert. I'm gonna go with the Global Citizens concert in Central Park. Okay. It's a free concert. Yep. Um, if you do like some community service, and it was a really diverse group of artists that performed. It was actually Metallica, Rihanna, and Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> uh, and watching Metallica live was one of the most interesting experiences of my life. I have to say, there yeah. were mosh pits and stuff like that, but it, it was a great day. Nice for sure. Um, what are you binge watching right now? Either one of you. I'm just binge watching college basketball games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing on Netflix or anything. Um, Bird Box even. I didn't watch it. Watch it no, I didn't. Um, I don't really like Bird Box too much. <laughs> but, uh, I'd say the show I watched there was when I was Peaky Blinders. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, it's about like some English um, <laughs> gangsters or English Irish gangsters back in like the 1800s, but it's it's pretty cool. I I, I, I recommend it. Nice. I'm yeah. looking forward to Game of Thrones coming back. Yeah. I'm um, waiting for that. Yeah, winter's coming. <laughs> winter's here. Winter's but. here, but yeah. it's coming back. Yeah. yeah, you see all this stuff. Going back to what Pat was saying, it's like the 20-year anniversary of Sopranos, so you're starting to see like all the HBO rerun Sopranos, and now they're leading up for Game of Thrones, too. Mm. And there's a lot of that on, and you just kind of get sucked into those vortexes, and you wind up being S- until... Speaking of Sopranos, there's a cl- actually a class offered at Columbia next semester. It's called um, Introduction to Mafia Movies. Unbelievable. I think it's Tuesday nights from 6, 10 to 10, and I'm planning on taking that or auditing it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping to get, catch a little soprano, Sopranos in that class. Nice. Yeah, it's only once a week, though. Wow. Uh, but yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have this week. Guys, thanks for taking the time. Uh, appreciate you coming out. Good luck this weekend and uh, against Cornell. Um, like we said, men's basketball wraps up. Come out conference play this Saturday. January 12th against Elmira at 2 p.m. You can watch that game on ESPN+. Tickets can be purchased for that game and all men's and women's contests by visiting www.gocolumbialions.com slash tickets or calling 888-LIONS-11. 
A reminder, ESPN Plus is the new place to catch every Columbia home game. To sign up, visit ESPNPlus.com. Subscriptions start as low as $4.99 per month or $49.99 annually. Thanks again for listening. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you again next week.